human attention span is actually less than a goldfish right now. Like your people's ability to focus is so small, and that's why, in my opinion, the things that really make content pop. One. So I've been putting all of my TikToks onto LinkedIn, but it's not working. That story will get pushed out so much because it will have so many inbound messages. Instagram will recognize it's super engaging and show it to more. What problem does this solve in terms of the content you're creating? Who's it bringing into your audience? Is it someone who's actually gonna be able to afford your program? And what are you actually problem solving for them? If you look at scale your business in 2024 with your online coaching, in this episode, we're gonna talk exactly about how to scale content with Lewis, a head of content who helps us in terms of planning out, editing, and just blasting through the process of what we've done. Lewis has worked, we've worked together for maybe what, three years? Five years. Five years, um, time. I, it came up on the calendar the other day, it was like September the 19th, 2019. Got that it was like the first filming session we did in Lower Kingsworth uh, in London. It was with Ricky. Uh, Ricky Moore and uh, the guy who was in Gladiators, James something. Yeah, and yeah. that was in Kings. Yeah. Uh, that's how we got like introduced and everything. And um, since then, like, look where we've come. Look where you've come, like from London to Dubai. Um, from estate agent to seven-figure earner. What would you, is it interesting, what would you say has changed with our content since five years ago? Uh, well, a lot. Um, f- five years ago, like TikTok wasn't a thing. Short format wasn't as popular. Like we were saying this the other day uh, on a Zoom call, like Instagram was so much easier back in the day when it was just images and like maybe a bit of video and like, You had IGTV, which was a way to sort of portray video. Like you used to do um, videos with Mike where you would film basically like a YouTube video, but vertical. And I'm surprised that didn't pick up as much as it did back then. Um, But back, like it was easier back then because you had more time for people to watch. People were watching longer content where now like a viewer's engagement is like, three to five seconds. It's crazy how much the world has changed and engagement has just gone out the window and you have to over edit or spice up something so much that you just have to catch their attention so quick. Otherwise you've lost a viewer, you've potentially lost a client. That's just how it's become. And that's what people listening to you understand. The human attention span is actually less than a goldfish right now. Like your people's ability to focus is so small. And that's why, in my opinion, the things that really make content pop, one, you've got to think what's going to make someone stop scrolling through their feed. Two is the hook being super strong. So like a big mistake a lot of people make when it comes to content is like, hey, my name's John, I'm from Essex. I'm going to teach you how to do X, Y, Z. It's like, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Just literally like, here's three secrets to get a bigger back. Here's three things you didn't know about protein. But it's also like if someone is following you already like they're gonna know who you are like every piece of content you don't need to introduce who you are what you do or what you what you portray online like just get straight into it um and avoiding as much gaps in audio like if you need on an edit if you need to chop up the audio and just use something to hide the cuts and like perfect perfection's not as much of a thing as it was back then as well like 
you people people are it's out more there. of a volume game now yeah 100 percent. like people are out there being successful on tiktok working with businesses and brands filming on their phone like the iphone 15s recently come out and like the quality of that compared to like a budget-friendly camera okay there's a bit of depth fulfilled with the budget camera but like you're better off with like a phone. You're not going to get told off by going into silly locations or hotels. Where, and where, stuff where like were there. we today? You got told off your camera. I was, I was literally editing, sat down editing some photos and some stuff for the mastermind on the weekend, um, and I just had my camera next to me on the table, and like the security guy from the whole like hotel and like apartment blocks, uh, he spoke to me earlier when you uh, picked up the Ferrari, but he was just like, "Yeah, you can't be." Uh, can't be filming or doing marketing stuff here. I'm like, oh no, I've just like, I'm d- I've downloaded stuff off it from yesterday. He's like, oh no, I put it, I'm like, I'll put it away. Like, it's not a problem. But like, if my phone was just out there, it wouldn't have been a question. It's a phone. And like, phones can be more discreet as well. But the professionalism of a camera will always trump phone footage, um, in my opinion. I agree. I think um, one of the things a lot of people struggle with is actually making content, which is actually one of the things we're going to start to do with clients next year is like content boot camps actually help them in terms of like how to film in the gym, for example. Um, but I would say a lot of people try and overcomplicate stuff too much. Like you can build a really big following and crush it and never have to use a fucking professional camera, just mm. using an iPhone. And a lot of people have done that. Um, and I, I think a lot of people try and, overly edit stuff sometimes and it performs a lot worse than trying to keep it simple and actually if we look at the videos we filmed this morning mm. if anyone looks at my um, instagram fitness feed we're doing a lot of food videos that are going super viral like getting a million views that's and three seconds of footage it's literally a three second clip of me holding one plate of food and another plate of food like the fucking most basic thing we've got text on screen with oh. nutritional information 1.6 million views 600,000 views, 800,000 views, like it's just ticking over. And I guess the benefit of that is because of everyone's attention span and the video is so short, people are probably watching that two or three times on loop, just reading the nutritional information. So like it's almost, it's such a simple concept, but at the same time you're slightly adapting it so that because there is enough on screen to read that you are gaining basically free views by people taking their time to read it and that's where one of the secrets of social media we talk about scale in 2024 is actually playing the game of the system mm. because sometimes people have really good content that just doesn't get seen because the format in which it's like almost laid out and edited doesn't fit the platform or doesn't really give the platform what it wants yeah and it's also adjusting your content for the platform you're putting it on like for instance, if you're posting like landscape, on yeah. Instagram, right? So like, if you're doing content for TikTok, you know, you know, you can be a bit more humorous, and it doesn't have to be as perfect. Versus, you wouldn't put the same TikTok content or gym humor, for instance, on LinkedIn, where LinkedIn's a bit more professional. You're aiming at CEOs, uh, and it's like a business platform, which humorous stuff isn't going to work isn't going to like get as much traffic as you want whereas like if you were putting more educational stuff on linkedin or business focused stuff on linkedin you're just putting a video 
where it needs to be to the right demographic that are going to view it, where some people are probably out there being like, yeah, Charlie, I've seen that you've got this LinkedIn blueprint. Like, I, I know it's free, but like, I haven't got it yet. But I think I can sort of guess what you're going to tell me. So I've been putting all of my TikToks onto LinkedIn, but it's not working. Like, why is it not working? And people actually do that though. Mm. And it's not rocket science when you think about market fit of like the audience you're trying to sell something to because even the language you're going to use with someone on LinkedIn is going to be completely different to Instagram. Like I probably wouldn't put loads of topless ab photos so much on or bodybuilding stuff on LinkedIn. You put more lifestyle stuff mm. like wearing nice clothes at nice places because that's more relatable to the audience. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. I think in terms of um, one of the most valuable things people can do long term for their brand is what we're doing right now on this is creating short form content and trying to drive it to long form content because yes we're getting millions of views on these pieces of content but the game is like that's like the, the bait to then mm. reel them in to then get into the longer stuff because when people see and hear the way you speak and they know more about you that's when they really like become a fan yeah and they buy into your personality mm. from the long format stuff where you're actually portraying the knowledge and mm. skills you've developed over the years versus the three seconds of you holding food on a plate. Mm. But it is once that's reeled in, you then, once someone's like brought into you and seen maybe 10, 15 minutes of your long format content, then it only takes a matter of three or four videos before they are probably considering contacting you and seeing what services you provide and how you can actually benefit their lives, whether that's scaling their business or transforming their life. And here's an interesting statistic I heard, I don't know how factually correct it is, but for every hour of your content someone consumes, you can make $1,000 from them. Probably sounds about right, yeah. Which is, when you think about it, it's probably correct. So if you're doing three second reels, that's a lot of time. Mm. But if you're gonna watch like all of my podcast episodes, we'd make a lot of money from you. But <laughs> if you're gonna like absorb a lot of the long form content, you're gonna probably mm. be very bought into that. And yeah. if I think about all the people who's maybe long form content I look into or I like and I watch, I probably bought something from them or if they actually made something to sell, I would buy it. Mm. Like Alex Hormozzi made, uh, he sold his books. He had a bundle to buy all three and a hat. I bought all three and a hat. I don't need fucking three books and a hat, but I bought all three and a hat anyway because I was yeah. like, fuck it. Um, so he has that much um, gravitational effect to me in terms of like, um, favor that he's given so much value and that's what people need to think in their content is giving value mm. and like giving the secrets away for free which is what we really do on this podcast and then one of the hacks I say for people and um, in terms of generating leads that we do very well with is pushing out free guides to get um, DM messages to start conversations so like we have fucking hundreds of ebooks and guides that we give away that are just lead magnets to start conversations. And I think that's one of the big things people don't understand is that the way to manipulate social media, in particular Instagram and their stories, is they will reward you for keeping people on the platform. So if you, here's an easy hack for anyone. If you delete all your stories, if you put up one story with like a sick image um, and have some copy on it, like, do you want a free copy of my 2000 calorie fat loss program, uh, fat loss diet, uh, message me fat burning or something for, and I'll send it over. Um, that story will get pushed out so much because it'll have so many inbound messages. Instagram will recognize it's super engaging and show it to more of your audience. And I think it's also that thing of like, we've tested this out, like 
Instagram stories are there for 24 hours, mm. but it actually benefits your account more and boosts the engagement and views on those stories if you actually let the content stay on there for 24 hours and expire. Mm. Like, don't be posting what you did yesterday and then eight o'clock the next morning, topping don't. it up oh, or yeah, deleting yeah. it. Like, just let that expire. And then once it's all cleared and you don't have any stories on your account, then go again because you're like, what, you were looking at a couple thousand. Then we started doing this and you're pushing close to like 10,000. The other day you had one that was like, what, nearly 30,000 yeah. story views. And it's like, if you were just topping up every day and just having almost one continuous Instagram story of your life, Instagram are like, well, you're not, it's almost like you're not using the feature correctly mm. because you're not letting them expire. And I think um, there's a balance here from people from a marketing point of view where I almost try and spend two, three days a week where it's like sales and then three, four days a week where it's just like documenting, inspiring and like giving value. And I think that's about the right ratio because I see some people who only sell when they try and just get higher views for their Instagram but they're also not building as much goodwill and as much of a relationship with their audience. Mm. I think like one thing for, well, a big thing for someone to take away from this and for someone that's starting out or considering putting that big push into producing content is, well, one, look at like a videographer or someone that can help the production of your video so that one, you can save time, produce more content. Um, and also someone that's got the eye and knows what to do, what works, has looked into the business. Um, and the second thing would be, instead of purposely being like, okay, I need to film reels, I need to film podcasts, I need to film YouTube videos, I've got all these different types of content to produce. If you focus on something like this, like at the moment, your big push is producing podcasts. But then this podcast, not only is it a full length podcast that both goes out on a video platform and an audio platform. We also mine this for reels. So we're aiming at like 10 to 15 reels per podcast. And then we also do chapters, which are three to five minute long widescreen videos for YouTube. So then that's ticking like all boxes from long format podcast and short format, all from potentially just an hour of your time with a guest on the podcast. Uh, and that's where it comes to utilizing your time wisely. And I'd say the easiest strategy in terms of someone actually scaling their content is I block out for, for short form content and ads two hours twice a month, which I film seven to nine a.m. like we did this morning, mm -hmm. just to blast that out. Um, so then it's done and it's in my calendar. So it forces me to do it. Like the videographer's turning up whether I fucking like it or not. So it's like I'm either ready and or I'm not ready and I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. So it forces me to keep pushing that out. And then in terms of podcasts, I just try and make sure that I have them planned in advance of who's coming on, um, which is more challenging. And we have two podcasts and we try to do two a week on this podcast because we want to give as much value as possible. Um, what would you say is the biggest mistake we've made with content in the past? There's a lot of trial and error that we've done and it's actually worked out quite well. Um, I think some of the gym humor has been good, but it's making sure that you're aiming at the right, right tar audience. target audience. So for instance, like for fitness, your demographic is like 25 plus, um, but doing some gym humor that is probably attracting like 18 year olds that 
are working at like McDonald's, although they want to get in shape, can't afford to actually invest in a good program like yours. They're just going to, I don't know, Finn down the road that's doing a five pound PDF that they send you like, or texting you the workout before you go the day before um, is like the wrong target audience. 100%. And that's where like the goal of what we do is to solve rich person problems so we can charge rich person prices. So mm. we try and drive the content to that and I'm trying to show more of my lifestyle like that so that we can then attract the clients who we actually want to work with and not just get vanity metrics in terms of views. So the last thing I'd finish up for everyone here is to think about this. What problem does this solve in terms of the content you're creating? Who's it bringing into your audience? Is it someone who's actually going to be able to afford your program? And what are you actually problem solving for them? Um, so we'll finish on that. If you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you smash the like button, subscribe, and we'll get more content episodes out soon.